A group of entitled customers completely humiliates a waiter and makes her cry. So our entire restaurant staff gets a brutal revenge on them and creates a disgusting special meal to serve them since they made us open when we were closing. Here's how it happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. Here's some backstory. In the country where I live, the people here are not native English speakers, although 85 to 90% of people people can understand English, and less than that can converse in fluent English. This plays a part later on. This was around 2010 when the call centers were being outsourced to other countries. No, I am not from India. Many wanted to get employed by these call centers as they pay two to four times more than the pay of regular workers. However, only a select few get hired, as one of the requirements is you must be fluent in English. So those that get hired sometimes act entitled, stuck up, and privileged, though not everyone. I was working at a small pizzeria at this time after graduating culinary school when this happened. So the people involved were the entitled customer, the waitstaff, and me. I was the head chef. It was about five minutes until our closing time and was getting so slow that the waitstaff asked my permission if we can start closing and cleaning up early. And I nodded to agree and proceeded to the kitchen. I asked my crew to turn off and clean the ovens and pack up. About 15 minutes into this, I heard some yelling outside and some crying. I peeked from the kitchen and saw that our waitstaff was being harassed by by a group of eight and crying. Naturally, I come over and talk to my waitstaff as to what happened. Apparently, the group arrived five minutes after closing and demanded to be served. They were working from a nearby call center and they were berating my waitstaff after my waitstaff was telling them that we were closed. They spoke to her in English to show their superiority, I guess, and told her not to argue since she is just a waitress. And since they are paid more and can speak English, they should be served properly. Keep in mind that my waitstaff can understand English, but just can't converse in it fluently. I, however, can, so I turned to the group and asked, what happened here? The entitled customer said, your waitress is stupid and should be fired. We want to order and she told us you're closed. But we are closed. No, that's not right. That's not the right customer service you should be giving. The customer is always right and we want to order so you should take it. We can buy anything we want and you should just comply. At this time, I was getting annoyed, so I took their order, signaled my kitchen staff to refire up the oven, this really annoyed them as I just finished cleaning them and make the pizza. I then went to my waitstaff and comforted her until she calmed down and then went to the kitchen to check on the pizza. What I didn't know was that my waitstaff heard the commotion and enacted a revenge plan. One of the staff opened the grease trap. It was a small box below the kitchen sink, which traps all the gunk and grease before it gets into the sewers. They got a handful of this nasty gunk and smeared it on top of the pizza dough. Then the staff took turns snotting and spitting on the dough, and some even pulled their private hair and spread it on top. Then they covered it all with tomato sauce, cheese, and put the toppings across the entire pizza and cooked it to perfection. I asked one of the kitchen staff to serve it as my waitstaff was still crying from the experience. Boy, did we watch them eat it. We watched them having fun eating the pizza, and we were watching them with delight as well. So, don't be mean to the restaurant staff as you never know what happens in the kitchen. Were we the jerks for our revenge. This revenge was pretty disgusting. I always wonder how often stuff like this actually happens. And for those of you that have worked inside of a restaurant, do you actually see people messing with customers' food often or is that a rare thing? In this case, I think because they were all on the same page, everyone was upset with these people because they had already turned off the oven and had made the waitstaff cry. There was nothing stopping them, no checks and balances to make sure that this food didn't get totally messed with. But hopefully in a normal scenario, this doesn't happen all the time for no reason. Either way, don't be me 
mean to people that are handling your food, but not because they're going to mess with your food, but because why? There's no reason to be like that. And the people in this story that were coming from the call center obviously had a crazy inflated sense of ego to think that they could act like this to anyone, let alone people that were making their food. Let me know how you would handle the situation down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. My landlord, a slumlord, tried to illegally evict me and strong arm me and my husband to get out of his house. So I get revenge by exposing all of his dirty laundry and cost him everything, including losing his own properties. Here's what happened. This happened back in 2010 when I lived in Winter Garden, Florida with my husband and his dying uncle. So the background is my husband and I moved in with his sick uncle after losing so much during the 2008 housing market crash in the United States, like many of my husband's law maintenance customers. We also moved in with his uncle into a condo because his uncle has stage four cirrhosis of the liver and his self-entitled sister and her family refused to help take care of him. My husband, a retired county sheriff officer, which is important later, and I got ourselves set up in the condo's two bedrooms as his uncle had himself set up in the living room, including his bed. On the first day, we found dangerous black mold caused by a leaky dishwasher. On the second day, we found the master shower had loose tiles and a leaky shower head. On the third day, we found a nest of brown recluse spiders in the living room. We talked with his uncle about these problems and found out that the slumlord, friends with the self-entitled sister slash aunt and her family, was refusing to take care of the issues as required by law. We wanted to start legal actions then, but my husband's uncle talked us out of it several times. The slumlord was nice to us as long as my husband's sick uncle was alive. The very next day after my husband's uncle died was a completely different story. The slumlord had turned nasty, aggressive, and began to try and strong arm evict us like we were nothing more than drug addict squatters. The slumlord even tried to aggressively fight my husband when we dropped off our next rent check. He kept telling us that we had to move out or else, but yet refused to actually follow Florida laws to evict us. The slumlord and his corrupt Winter Garden Police Department Code Enforcement Officer's wife even recruited my husband's self-entitled aunt and uncle to start harassing us about just moving even if we want to live in a tent. And my nephew just moved so they can rent the condo to another senior. Husband said, we don't have anywhere else to go yet and he must go through the eviction laws or get into very serious trouble. Self-entitled aunt said, you're nothing but trouble. A retired SCSD officer nephew, you've been problems since the day you were born. Get out of their condo and stop being a problem for everyone. Who cares if you have to live in a tent? All of this made my retired SCSD officer husband who specialized in uncovering corrupted law enforcement very suspicious. We talked and began investigating the slumlord and the corrupt code enforcement wife. My first order was to place all of the rent into escrow with evidence of repairs that have been neglected. Second, I sent a notification of cease and desist harassment to the slumlord and self-entitled aunt. Next, I researched public property tax records. Woohoo! Pay dirt there. Slumlord's condo wasn't registered as a rental property with the state of Florida and thus was paying far less in property tax than the slumlord should have been paying. Property tax records also show that the slumlord did not own the condo. It was still deeded to his mother, which I found out had been living in a retirement home for five years before my husband's uncle moved in. My husband found out that the corrupt code enforcement wife had been inspecting and signing off on hers and her slumlord's properties, including the condo, which is against Florida code enforcement conduct laws. I found out from neighbors in the condo that the slumlord had only been renting to seniors with severe health issues. My best discovery though, next to tax evasion, was finding out that the condo owners association had a very strict no renting 
slash leasing policy, meaning you or your family had to live in the condo and it couldn't be rented. The revenge. Now that we had all of our evidence, my husband and I began to knock down all the slumlords dominoes. My husband went and filed a complaint with the Winter Garden Police Department about the corrupt code enforcement's wife and her perjuring inspections on her family properties. My husband has a glowing record in the county with the FDLE for having over 200 clean arrests and taking down nearly 60 corrupt public officials, including protective services in the early 2000s. This background helped push WGPD, the police department, to open an investigation into the corrupt code enforcement wife. They discovered that not only had she perjured inspections on her family's properties, but also on my husband's self-entitled aunt and uncle's properties as well. This got corrupt code enforcement wife fired, stripped of her state enforcement officer's license, and convicted of multiple crimes. I sent all property tax fraud evidence to the Florida Property Tax Division. That got the state to investigate the slumlord. The state found out that not only did he commit property tax fraud on the condo, but also on a property that he was renting to his son and his self-entitled aunt's son, along with business tax fraud and income tax fraud. Both slumlord's son and self-entitled aunt's son were also busted for possession of illegal narcotics with the intent to sell when investigators came to the rental house that they lived in. I never expected that much fraud to be found from all of this, but I'm glad it happened. The business tax fraud of the slumlord affected the self-entitled aunt and self-entitled uncle as well since they were his business partners. The self-entitled uncle came under investigation by the USPS board because he was the postmaster of Winter Garden. USPS, of course, being the United States Postal Service. The self-entitled uncle also lost his comfy job and pension after it was discovered that he was assisting the slumlord in the tax fraud scam for stealing money orders. All four were convicted of multiple white-collar crimes, had to sell their properties, most of their stuff, serve some form of time, and pay huge amounts of fines and restitution. The slumlord, his wife, the husband's self-entitled aunt, and my husband's self-entitled uncle, along with their sons, all went down for multiple crimes, both felonies and misdemeanors, all because they thought that they could strong-arm evict us. It just proves how smart we, the tenants, can really be when pushed. It also proves why everyone should know all the rental laws and how to research public records because it can save you in the end. So, am I the jerk for going after the slumlord because he tried to strong-arm evict us? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then, get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you move into a new place and on the first day you find black mold because of the leaky dishwasher, and then by the time you're on the third day you find a nest of brown recluse spiders in the living room, you should probably leave if you can. Obviously in this case that wasn't an option, but black mold is obviously not good for the human body, and if you get bit by a black recluse spider, the venom can cause necrosis where all the tissue around the bite dies. So it can be pretty serious. Anyway, this revenge was pretty thorough. They basically went through all the laws 
in their area and just hit him from all angles. The fact that he was doing tax evasion on top of everything definitely is not going to help his case in the future. And not only did they lose the properties, but the uncle also lost the job and pension because he was involved in the whole tax fraud scam as well. So it really was a concentrated, thorough revenge by someone who was pushed too far. Let me know what you would do if this was your landlord. And if you've ever been in a situation like this before, let me know down below too. But most importantly, jerk or not a jerk and why? Am I the jerk for not packing my husband's bags so he could go spend Christmas with his family without me? I'm a 30-year-old female and I've been with my husband, Ted, who's 34 for four years. We got married two years ago. His family and I haven't really gone along too well. They're rich and they're all about image. I only see them on occasions, but that's when the drama is at its highest rate. Last Christmas, Ted and I traveled to spend Christmas with them and it was awkward for some reason. After we went back to the hotel, his mom sent me a list of all the things I've done wrong at her house, like bringing the wrong type of desserts and wearing, quote, inappropriate clothes. Um, I wore a blouse and leather jacket and not standing up when guests arrive. This year, my mother-in-law only sent an invitation to Ted to spend Christmas with the family. He told me that his mom didn't invite me because of last year's negative points and would rather just have him there this year. I was flabbergasted and I asked if he was actually considering going after his mom excluded me and he shrugged and said yes because he never spent Christmas away from family his entire life and he isn't about to break the cycle now. He suggested I go out, invite Regina, my best friend over and plan my own celebration and said quote, but nothing too crazy, capiche? I was upset, but hey, if they don't want me, then I should enforce it and try not to feel hurt and offended. Yesterday, Ted came home asking if his bags were ready since it was time to go. I said, I don't know. And he was stunned. He freaked out saying I knew he was going to travel to his hometown and I should have packed his bags like I always do. I admit that packing his bags is what I do, but only when we're traveling together. And I figured since he was traveling on his own, he should pack them himself. He lost it, saying I just caused him to be late and ruined everything, the flight, the hotel, the other reservations and arrangements that he had just because I was being bitter because I wasn't invited to Christmas celebration with his family. We had a heated argument and he said, look, you're really overacting right now because it's not like I'm going away on a vacation to another country to spend time with some strippers and whatnot, though I'm pretty certain you wouldn't be half as pissed and agitated as you are now. I'm just gonna spend time with my family and quite frankly, I don't know what is with you anymore. Then he proceeded to call me petty and say that I got him in trouble and punished him by not packing his bags for him, knowing that he was going to travel. He packed his bags in a rush and ended up and ended up forgetting most of the gifts that he got for his family. He is now not speaking to me. So am I the jerk? Maybe in some families, some cultures, some groups of people, that's normal to pack for somebody when you're not traveling with them. But I don't think I've ever known somebody who packs for somebody else on a trip that only one of them is going on. I mean, obviously with little kids that are being sent off, their parents will sometimes pack their bags, but I've never heard of this being the case, just non-verbally communicated and only assumed. There's a really brief edit where the OP actually updates and says that it's not just the mother-in-law, but father-in-law and Ted's brothers also figured it would be best that she doesn't attend their Christmas and instead go and instead go to her own family. So that way nobody has to deal with any tension. So whatever happened that previous year didn't only make a 
mark on the mother-in-law, but the father-in-law and Ted's brothers. I think I would be pretty shocked too if I found out that even though I thought I was behaving normally, everyone disliked me for this whole checklist of reasons like the mother-in-law sent to the OP here. But if you were in that situation, how would you handle it and jerk or not a jerk and why? Am I the jerk for telling my coworker I will cover up my shoulders when he starts wearing shoes? My workplace doesn't have a dress code, so everyone dresses very casually. Today I was wearing a tank top with thin straps and long pants and my shoulders were showing. One of my coworkers, Brian, was giving me angry looks all day long. And when I finally asked him what's wrong, he told me that he thought better of me than to dress in quote, barely any clothes when coming to work. At that moment, Brian was wearing pretty short shorts and was barefoot. He dressed like this the whole summer. The office is carpeted and he only puts on his slippers if he's going to the bathroom or to the kitchen. I told Brian that I will start covering up my shoulders when he starts wearing shoes to the office. If I have to look at his hairy toes at work, he can deal with the side of my shoulders. That of course didn't help. He put on his headphones and didn't even look in my direction for the rest of the workday. Now I'm wondering if I was wrong to say that. He is a co-worker and I should strive for good work relationships, but I felt insulted so I kicked it back at him. Am I the jerk? What kind of office allows you to come to work and not wear shoes all day? Is this an actual thing in actual offices or is this an office in a commune in the remote mountains? People get upset when people take off their shoes and they don't have socks on in an airplane and that's only for a short amount of time. But this is all day, every day. And why does he care about her shoulders? I have so many questions here. Obviously what she said about him not wearing shoes upset him, but what would you tell a guy who didn't wear shoes at work all day long that you needed to cover up your shoulders? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for calling the people that use ring cameras in my neighborhood creepy? My parents and I moved to a new town from a city. I've started dating a girl from my soccer team and I'm also a girl. I found out that my neighbors have cameras looking outside of their house to the street and mini park where my mom said that one of the neighbors had sent a picture of me and my girlfriend in the park at 6 p.m. Kind of pettily hinting that I should not be outside there at night. It felt so creepy that the neighbor did that and it also felt weird that I know he never does that to my straight friends who hang out there even much later. Even though my parents know I'm a lesbian, many people's parents might not know or accept that and he could get someone hurt. Anyway, a few days later I was going to help my friend from school replace shifters on her bike. A different neighbor of mine sent a picture of me to my mom where I was coming down the street on a bicycle too big for me, commenting that this was not my bike, seeming to imply that I stole it. Anyways, I was starting to get really creeped out. I'm in this neighborhood watch Facebook group that most of the parents on the block are in, but I've never even posted there before. But this time, I took the pictures that my mom had got of me and I made a post saying this. Hey neighbors, I am OP. I go to school and I'm a junior. I've been noticing a local safety concern I want to make you aware of. Several times in the last few weeks, I've been filmed on the street or in the public park by strangers. I am 16 and so was my partner and we were very creeped out and uncomfortable to know that we were being recorded in a private romantic moment when we thought we were alone. Another time, someone took this picture when I was biking home alone in the evening. I know this sounds crazy, but I'm serious. See the pictures here. Please take care if you have younger children or even if you are going out alone as a woman. I didn't know what to expect, but it really blew up. Some parents saw it as creepy that someone was taking that kind of photo, but then the wife of the man who took a photo of my girlfriend and I commented. She was saying that her husband only took the photo because he wanted to check with my parents about me being out past dark. I said it was 6 p.m. and that I knew her husband wasn't taking pictures of the many straight couples I know, mentioning a few friends I checked with and her husband 
husband was acting differently towards taking pictures of lesbians, she sent me an angry reply accusing me of calling her husband a pervert. Now this is where I may have messed up. I said, I'm not trying to call him a pervert. I'm trying to call him a bigot. She got mad enough to call my mom who sent her to voicemail, but the post also blew up with arguments. A lot of people were saying stuff like it's not cool to take pictures of minors without their parents knowing. Some were defending the picture taking. So am I the jerk for posting that on Facebook? A lot of people that have ring cameras only use them to film exactly what's in front of their house so that way they can ward off from people trying to break in or people stealing their packages or whatever. And that's a different circumstance than having somebody point their camera at the public park or any other community property because that is pretty weird. You should be able to be there without being surveilled the entire time. For the people that think that this isn't a big deal, what if the situation involved a public pool? If filming the park 24 hours a day is normal, would filming a pool that anyone can use in the community be normal too? I think that makes it even easier to see that that is weird. I mean, obviously, if it's your own pool, it's your own outdoor area, that's one thing, but this is not what happened in the situation. This kind of bleeds over into the whole area with having drones, where if you have a personal drone just floating above your house, surveilling everything, some people think that's sort of a gray area. Let me know where you are on this whole surveillance issue, and also, do you think the husband here was a bigot or not? And of course, jerk or not a jerk, and why? When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. I'll see you guys next time.